Hello. And welcome to Stats Will Roll, the podcast that will randomly generate your characters so you don't have to. My name's Abby, better known as D8Bit Gaming. And I'm Alex, better known as Mr. Puddins. You might know us from our stream, The Chromatic Chimera, on Twitch. We have two persisting campaigns and many other fun, fun tabletop RPG activities that are a joy to watch and everyone is a good bean. And one final thing is, if you will be attending PAX Unplugged this winter, you'll be able to find us there. Yeah, we'll be there. Um, I will be interviewing a bunch of people for our new Table Talkies interview show for the Chromatic Chimera as well. So and, that'll be super exciting. And I might just be running some games for friends and stuff. So feel free, stop us, say hello, all that good stuff. Yeah. Tons of fun. We'll see you there. Um, maybe we'll even have Stancil Roll shirts, so you'll be able to see us. Yes. Anyway, shall we get down to business? Yeah. So if this is your first time here, we are very happy to have you. Um, for anyone who's not new here, thanks for Stan. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to press our button that says Stats Will Roll. It's going to randomly generate a character that we've never seen before in our lives. And it's going to give us an alignment, a race, a class, a background, and stats using the uh, Roll 46 drop the lowest method. So without any further ado, are you ready to roll? Yeah. No pun intended, but I appreciated what I did there. Pun always intended. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jerome, roll, please, Alex. <laughs> Today, we are making a neutral good bear monk guild artisan. Can, can I just say, I feel like we make a lot of guild artisans. <laughs> yeah, I kind of want to take that out of our rotation because we made like five of them. We have too many guild artisans. All right. We need we need to change it up here. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting tired of all of our backgrounds being like, ah, we sold some stuff. I mean, you can make it cool. We made it cool. It's just oh yeah, so many other backgrounds to explore. Uh huh. And like some of the books, and even some of like the adventures have some cool backgrounds. I think we should add to our generator. Mm. So we've all got some pretty okay stats. Two fifteens, a six, a thirteen, a ten, and eleven. Uh, I mean, it's pretty okay. I guess it, it's workable. It, it's almost point by if that six was an eight. Yeah, I was gonna, I was thinking that, but I'm like, ooh, those fifteens are you know like that mm -hmm. six is really what makes it not point by at this point. Yeah. But I mean, you're gonna have a dump stat, and I like it when you can uh, inform your character based off stats. Like if you want to play a a dummy. Mm -hmm. Just put that six in your intelligence. Oh, yeah. I mean, always dump intelligence. <laughs> always dump intelligence. Unless you're a wizard. <laughs> Unless you're a wizard. Or the upcoming artificer in mm. the Eberron book. Yes. We do not have that class added to our rotation yet, just because it's not official quite yet. But once it is, we will be making one. In a month uh, is when the book comes out. So oh. four weeks, four more episodes, Ooh. and you'll be able to see an artificer possibly in our rotation. Oh, anyway. I mean, we'll probably just do that one on purpose. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about playing as a bugbear, the okay. goblin's bigger, hairier cousin. <laughs> so, uh, bugbears are, you're going to get an increase to your strength by two and your dexterity by one. That We're going to like seeing that dexterity boost because, well, monk. So, bugbears are, they, they age 
kind of like the same rate as humans. They live from 16 to 80 years. That's pretty average for a humanoid. Yeah. Um, and then with the alignment, we're actually going to be breaking type if you go by typical book lore. Uh, bugbears tend towards chaotic evil. They are one of the goblinoid races, but we're neutral good. Yeah. Anyone can be good. Anyone can be evil. Anyone exactly. can do anything. So we're going to be a bit on the taller, bigger side, between six and eight feet. We're going to weigh 250 to 350 pounds. Uh, that's a me- we're still going to be of medium size. Uh, we have average walking speed. We get dark vision, of course, because, you know, who doesn't get dark vision? Uh, but you're long-limbed, which right. is something I haven't seen before, All which right. means, only sorry, the bug- go ahead. Only the bugbear gets it. Okay. It's really cool. Um, so how do you feel about being able to punch things? I like punching things, especially as a monk. How would you like to be able to punch things at reach range? Oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> so as uh, with the long limbs, whenever you make a melee attack on your turn, your okay. reach for it is five feet greater than normal. So if you're making like a standard attack melee attack, you're going to have reach up to 10 feet. And then if you're attacking, let's say, a polearm that gives you reach for 10 feet, your reach is 15 feet. That's incredible. So the only reason you've probably never seen it is when's the last time we played with a bugbear? True. This is very true. I don't think I've ever played with a bugbear. I've, I've been... met bugbear NPCs. Sunflower. Sunflower. <laughs> I I've always wanted to play a bugbear, but I just never had a real like a good place to fit one into mm. a campaign. You know. Uh huh. You also get a powerful build, which basically means that you can uh, carry one size larger than yourself. So you could carry as if you were a large creature rather than a medium. Uh, you're proficient in the stealth skill just from being a bugbear. And uh, if you surprise attack a creature, your attack deals an extra 2d6 damage, but you can only use this once per combat. I mean, but that's like, there's no rest restriction. It's just a no. once per combat thing. So that's actually really, mm-hmm. it's really cool. So if you can like get the drop on an enemy, uh, you're dealing extra damage. Uh-huh. And it goes hand in hand with the the sneaky, the stealthiness. Mm-hmm. And the, like, you know, you're hiding in the bush and they're like, oh, they're, they're 10 feet away from you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then for languages, you get common and goblin, which makes sense being a goblinoid. Yes. So uh, it, it looks like it is weird on paper to play a bugbear monk, but there are abilities that actually lean into helping out being a monk. Specifically, long-limbed is really mm-hmm. going to be I, – I just imagine it being really fun playing <laughs> And long limbs is the reason I wanted to play a bugbear is because like you can mess with reach stuff, right? Uh Uh-huh. So I think it's just, I think it's so fun. I think it's cool. I think it's going to really make the monk, it's going to just add to our monk. Yeah, that's that's something that's actually very good for monks because uh, monks are kind of one of those classes that are a little bit glass cannon-y, you know? Yeah. So being able to get in there and jump right out because you, you they're technically not within melee distance of you. And you don't have to burn a disengage on that to, to get out of the way. Like, that's perfect. 
Yeah, or like if you're out of movement and let's say you take an enemy down with one of your mm -hmm. attacks, you're still within range to hit the other one and you can still like flurry of blows that enemy too. True. With the monk. So you're not just like, oh, I'm missing one attack. Like you could turn that one attack into like three extra attacks against an enemy at reach. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really useful. And I think that's going to be the uh, the feature of this uh, of the bugbear that we're going to probably lean on the most. Unless mm -hmm. we're like surprising a lot of enemies. True. You know, and, and because we get that sneaky, I'm kind of thinking, I know we're, I'm jumping ahead to, to Monk here, but I, I'm looking at Way of Shadow. I was kind of leaning towards Way of the Shadow as well. Um as you said, the naturally stealthiness of it. I'm kind mm -hmm. of like picturing like, you know, this seven, eight foot tall ninja <laughs> looking bugbear. Like. <laughs> this subclass is all about stealth and subterfuge, you know? So they're, they're very similar to ninjas, even in, in what the description is, you know? Yeah, it even says like in the book, these might, monks might be called ninjas. So like- Exactly. <laughs> Uh, I, I agree, though. I really like the idea of the Sh Way of Shadow Monk. It's it's one of my personal favorite monk archetypes. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's really cool. Uh, we have one in our Agoras Bells games, too. Patches plays Yaramir. Oh, I, is he Way of Shadow? Yeah, he was... Uh, remember when he gave Kane Jacks dark vision in the tower? Oh, I, I knew he was a monk. I just didn't know what kind of monk. Yeah, and that's why he was able to cast a darkness when we had that, huh. that patrol coming by. Huh. He, he, he used darkness to obscure us from enemy patrol vision. Huh. So as you said, definitely leans into subterfuge and yeah. sneakiness. Yeah. So yeah, speaking of casting all that stuff, uh, when you get to uh, third level and you choose this, you get access to shadow arts, which means you can spend your key points to cast things like darkness, dark vision, pass without trace, or silence. And you also gain access to the minor illusion cantrip if you don't already know it. Yeah. Uh, so then uh, for the non-cantrip spells, you just have to burn two key points to cast them. Yeah. I mean, use your key points sparingly. You only get so many, but those are nice things to have for when you need them. Yeah. And then uh, at sixth level, you get this really cool shadow step ability where basically you can kind of like bamf between dim light or darkness as a bonus action. Oh, man. Like you can teleport up to 60 feet to an unoccupied space. You can see that is also in dim light or darkness. Oh, and that is so cool. And then you have advantage on the first melee attack you make before the end of the turn. So I'm just imagining this shadow step in tandem with that surprise attack that you get with the bugbear. Like, that's that's a, a crazy combination. Right? And then on top of that with the long limbs, let's say, you know, the shadows doesn't get you right there necessarily. Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily have to burn your movement to hit. Oh man, I can't wait till we start getting to the narrative because I have an amazing idea and I think you're going to like it. All right, we're almost there. And I this know. Is, and this is on top of all your regular monk stuff, you know, uh -huh. the flurry of blows, uh, deflecting missiles, increased movement speed. Mm -hmm. um, so then at the 11th level, you get Cloak of Shadows where you, you have learned to become one with the shadows. Uh, you can use your action if you're in dim light or darkness to become invisible. <laughs> Remember how you were just talking about that surprise attack? Right? Like, it doesn't even need to be, like, super dark. I mean, you know how 
every race seems to have dark vision. Like this just negates that dark vision. Negates it completely. That's the, that's the thing. And you can easily trigger that surprise. You could make an argument, hey, would I surprise him? Because, you know, I'm coming out of invisibility. Uh-huh. Yeah, like 100%. And, you know, then you get to 17th level, uh, which gives you opportunist. So whenever a creature is within five feet of you and is hit by an attack made by someone else, you can use your reaction to also make a melee attack against that creature. And let me tell you, I love being able to use all of my actions in a row. Right. That's really cool. That's actually really good. And we've talked to Guild Artisan before. We've gone over this many, many times. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. Uh, I, I might take this out of rotation just for a few weeks because we've made a lot of these. But uh, a brief overview gives you insight and persuasion proficiencies. Uh, you get artisan's tools, an extra language, and uh, you get the feature guild membership, which we, we've gone over quite a few times. You know, mm-hmm. what are the, the yeah. basic needs? You get lodging, food. Uh, they'll pay for your funeral if you need it. You have to pay them money, though. Like, Five it's like gold. a monthly fee. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you're part of a union, basically. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you were really excited about delving into the narrative for this character. Yes. You had an idea. I do. And only because, um, the only other bugbear I know is also a good guild artisan. Oh, hey, you're right. Sunflower is a good guild artisan. <laughs> I'm thinking we make Sunflower's, like, a sibling. <laughs> you want to make Sunflower's sibling? I want, like, I want to give, uh, for those of you who don't watch us uh, on our regular stream, in the game that Alex DMs, Steam Spell, there is an NPC, a bugbear named Sunflower, who has, uh, like, a floral shop. Yeah, he has, like, a little flower cart, and he's secretly a druid. <laughs> he's secretly a druid. Um, he, he's, like, the sweetest little bean that you've ever met. Yes, uh, what, he kind of sounds like Yoda, too. He's like, Yes, uh, it's me, Mr. Sunflower. <laughs> so we met him in uh, a very large city, and it was like a big festival going on. We bought flowers from him, and, and he was just like, you know, an overall good, good bean. Yes, um, the characters loved him, and they, you guys went back to the city for like a quest reason, and you made and sure we had to, stop to see by. him. <laughs> yes, we had to see Sunflower. So you want to make Sunflower's long-lost brother here? Yeah. Wouldn't that be fun? Like, maybe they they both sell flowers, and then one of them was like, I need to to go off and do some monk stuff, you know? Maybe. Hmm. All right. So what other ideas did you have? That was it. Oh. So, I mean, we don't have to go. We obviously don't have to go with Sunflower's long last sibling, but I thought it would be cute. It is fun. Uh, if we think in terms of the setting, if we really want to lean into that East Asian ninja uh-huh. appeal, there's a continent in the setting called Shivar, which is like mm-hmm. kind of like the area. So, like the setting, you the area, the continent that the party is currently on is very much kind of inspired by European fantasy. Whereas, mm-hmm. if you go to Shivar, it's very much inspired by Eastern fantasy. 
Mm-hmm. And that's where like the ninjas and the samurais would fit in, right? Yeah. I mean, we also, while we make this, if we do kind of want to go with this idea, we do have to remember that to, to kind of keep the setting agnostic and make it so anyone could pick up this character. Well, of course. Uh, I mean, the NPC of Sunflower is really easy to just plop into a game, right? Mm-hmm. Just all you need to know is it's a friendly bugbear that sounds like a Muppet that sells mm-hmm. flowers. What if we like flashed forward and this was actually Sunflower's kid? Okay. I don't know. I'm just throwing out ideas. Oh, no, no, I'm, I'm listening. I'm just, uh, wh- why would Sunflower's kid become a ninja? Well, maybe they're just not a fan of flowers, you know? They're like, Dad, I know you love flowers, but <laughs> I kind of want to be an adventurer. Okay. And what if, like, you know, there's like, bugbears, like, have, like, this, assi- like, I know it's a hobgoblin thing where hobgoblins mm-hmm. have, like, this ninja-like assassin order. Uh-huh. What happens if bugbears had their own? Oh, that'd be cool. Like, bugbears had their own ninja guild. So uh, kind of what I'm thinking is that uh, this bugbear would get their neutral goodness kind of from their parent. Okay, so it's just, it's an inherent goodness. They were Yeah, kind of. Okay. Like maybe the, the parent, like, you know, Sunflower, maybe the parent didn't fit in with other bugbears, with other goblinoids, and so the parent left and started okay. their own life. And then they settle down, they have a family, and then their kid just, they're like, you know, this just isn't the life for me. Yeah, and I mean, that's where the guild artisan-ness can come in. Uh-huh. You don't have a florist guild artisan, so you'd have to work with your GM to, like, have a florist guild. Uh-huh. But you have a whole bunch of uh, guilds to choose from here if you don't want to lean into that silliness. Is there, like, a, like an herbalist, maybe? Maybe apothecary would fit in? I don't, I see, oh, yeah, Al- alchemists and apothecaries is the first one. Like, maybe you could make that work? Yeah, I'd say you can lean into that. So then this bugbear leaves home and pulls a kung fu panda, trains as a (laughs) ninja. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it could kind of be something like that. Like maybe, uh, you know, the parent bugbear is happy to have, you know, left a goblinoid society and have to have made their own life. Like they found their happiness, but, you know, their child just doesn't see eye to eye. Like they respect their parent and what, and that they found what they love, but they want to go find what they love too. Okay. So I ha- I kind of have a bit of an idea here. Okay. Uh, right, let me hear it. So I like this idea that their parents are good bugbear. Let's uh-huh. say they go and join this like monastery or this ninja guild or whatever. Okay. Let's say it's like other bugbears, but oh. they're not the nice kind of bugbears. Oh. So like they get their training and stuff, kind of like uh, Batman Begins, you know, where like okay. Bruce Wayne goes and trains with the League of Shadows and things. These guys are all right until Raja, you know, Liam Neeson's like, yeah, I need you to kill a guy. you you, you know spoiler alert by the way you've only had like 18 years to see the movie oh Um, uh, yes sorry spoilers but like it could be like something like that and the upbringing of the bugbear they just kind of like nah dude i'm not gonna do that i mean of course adventurers kill monsters and people Mm -hmm. all the time so you could work it into the backstory where it's like whoever they want the target to be or whoever they want them to kill or do harm to Mm -hmm. is like an innocent person right someone that they would like maybe it's even like a regular customer at the flower shop or something oh that would be nice because you know you and i here at stats will roll we really love those characters that we can revisit in a backstory for 
love backstories. So not not only do we avoid the whole, so it's kind of funny because we're avoiding the edgy ninja character. Uh-huh. And instead it's like this wholesome ninja character, right? Yeah. I, I mean, what if they, what if they wanted to be that edgy ninja character, but they could not bring themselves to do it? Like, what if they knew that this monastery where all these other goblinoids were training in this, this, you know, way of like assassins, you know, mm-hmm. what if they kind of knew that this was like where the bad people went and Actually, they were like, that's good. That's I want to do that. But then they were training there for a while and they just cannot bring themselves to be bad because of the loving family they came from. Yeah, you know, I really like that. And the whole, like, they, they could even have growing up, they're like, you're, you know, they think like their family, their father or mother or whoever their parent figure is, mm-hmm. is a pansy. You know, they think like, oh, yeah, you're, exactly. you're not a bug, like, you know, like, you're not a bugbear. You're a, you're, you're a humi. You're a, you're a, you know, a smooth skin. You don't have You're just work. a wimp. Yeah. And like, they think like, I'm going to be a true bug bear and so they go and join this you can even have it be if you're uh playing like with the D lore and you want to stick to like D lore you can have it they join that guild of hobgoblin assa- uh, ninja type assassins right mm-hmm. and as you i like that idea that you have where it's like they know these are some bad mfs right like they mm-hmm. know these are these are some bad dudes but they join anyway and as you said then like their upbringing their conscience gets the better of them and I mean, we could even make it like super duper sad. Like maybe they get super into it, but then they get some really tragic news about their wholesome parent. And then they're like, wow, I've been living my life all wrong. Like I need to or make myself better. Their wholesome parent becomes the target. <gasps> oh yeah, that's bad. That's better. Oh. So like, and then you create this inner conflict of, because they, they, the character has this idea of what a true bugbear is in their mind. Yeah. Uh, work with your GM to determine what is bugbear society like, mm-hmm. you know, in the setting. Even in, like, my setting where I do kind of turn a bunch of these tropes on their heads. Bugbears are still, like, a warrior people. Mm-hmm. Like, they respect violence. Yeah. They have a, they have a, they live in like a deep wilderness society where they have, they have a reverence for nature, but yet they ha- have like a violent society and just discuss with your GM bugbear lore, especially if you're going off based off the books, then definitely the idea of a true bugbear isn't going to be wholesome sunflowers selling flowers in the city square. Mm-hmm. And then that just makes it so heart wrenching. And that could be the call to adventure is them running away from these assassins trying to get away from these assassins and prevent, well, the death of their parents. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. You know, and then like, mm-hmm. you know how we, we love that stuff that can come back in the game. Not only do you have the parents, you can, I, I feel like we're kind of going off our, our goblin episode we just did with Jared. Um, you can have this group of assassins also being like, kind of like the Batman Begins thing again. Okay. Uh, where they're like, oh, he knows our secret ways. You know, oh. they know our secret ways of like assassinry and stuff. They know our targets. They're a liability, especially oh. if they have like high profile targets that they're trying to kill. Mm-hmm. And see, like the idea is, is like them telling the character, go kill your parents was their way of like truly testing their loyalty. Like how loyal are you to our order of assassins oh, or sh- our order of ninjas? And they can't do it. Oh man. Yeah. That would create a lot of internal conflict. 
Yeah. And that, that way also you don't put a clock on, oh my God, we have to save my parents. Like uh-huh. there's not a clock on it. It's more like that was just a test to test their loyalty, to test their metal, their will, instead of like, oh, the parents did something that merited their death by these assassins. Let's face it, they sell flowers. They're, they don't matter to these assassins. Maybe this is something that's the, that this bugbear kind of keeps a secret from the rest mm-hmm. of the party. And they just tell everyone, like, maybe they haven't decided yet. Maybe, maybe they haven't. Like, they ran away, they weren't sure, but maybe they haven't decided if they're actually going to go through with this or not. So they just tell the rest of the party, oh, I have to find my parents. Ooh, that's good. I like that. That's good. And See, then when they finally come face to face with their parents, they have to make that choice. And that's when then, it, depending what they choose, then will determine like how that guild of assassins reacts to them. Exactly. That's really, I like that. That's, it's dark, but I like it. And I mean, obviously, like, if it was me playing this character, I'd be like, uh, yeah, like, we get up to that point, I totally don't kill my parents. But it, a lot of it could really just depend on, like, how things go within the party. Like, how conflicted would that character be, depending, really, it really depends on how you roleplay things, how the DM builds the world around you. It, it like it could be a very difficult decision. Well, yeah, and it depends what uh, what kind of characters are in this party and that exactly. your character is surrounded with. If you have like a Crucazel type who's like this good guy that's like, no, oh, we got to do the right thing, you know, killing your parents. Like, I love my parents, you know. Mm-hmm. If you have a lot of characters like that, or like you have the character, even if you have the typical edgy, I have dead parents character, they're gonna be like, bruh, like. Why would you choose to be like me? Yeah, why would you choose to kill you? And it's just, there's so many opportunities for role play. There's mm-hmm. so many opportunities for the DM to bring up your backstory in the game. There's so many, there's, there's so many good opportunities with this setup. And I think it's a really cool setup because you, mm-hmm. do, you do go against type with my parents are still alive. I might be the one to kill them. And, you know, I'm normally not a huge proponent of hidden backstories of, you know, mysterious characters and everything, but there are still a lot of things that they can be open about. They could tell the rest of the party about their time uh, training to be an assassin. They could, you know, tell them about this. They could tell them about their parents, but like that would be the one thing that they wouldn't tell them is that the mission that they were assigned was to kill their parents. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've seen it. I've heard secret, you bring up secret backstories. I've seen it discussed. I've heard it discussed. Uh, I think it was Seth Skorkowski did a video about secret backgrounds. Someone did. I believe it was Seth Skorkowski, but don't quote me on that. (laughs) Whereas what you do is everyone is actually, all the players are very open about what their background is and everyone is aware of what everyone's backgrounds are, even the secrets. Mm -hmm. The characters are not. So if that's something you want to try at your table, it's definitely worth trying. So, like, you know, I would tell, like, Abby, if we were playing at the same table together, I would tell you, like, here's my character, here's their backstory, here's what's going on. Mm -hmm. And then if you have people who are really good about not metagaming that stuff, because then it's like, even though you know the secret, it's still a lot of fun to see the narrative fold play out. And the fun, the thing is, I when I know a certain secret or I, you know, that what I like with that is then I can role play in a way that would help build towards that narrative. Yeah. Like how in Steam Spell, all the players know that Cat is an Asimar. Yes. The characters don't know. No. But when it kind of came up and it was getting hinted at, uh, that gave me an open to in character kind of explore that with her. 
Yeah, and it's it's still something that's going to be discussed, like mm-hmm. because y'all are kind of in the middle of something that's gonna kill you in the mo. You know, might kill you. Like right now, you're fighting really for your life. I hope not. Eat too. But like <laughs> right now, y'all are just fighting for your lives. Like I remember someone. Like I don't even know if it was a caught live or if we were on a break. But someone's like, "Oh, when we're done with this, I'm gonna have to have sit down with Cat and have a nice long chat." You know? <laughs> and it's like. Everyone knew that was in her backstory. Everyone knew that, but no one, yeah. none of the characters knew that. Mm-hmm. But everyone was still able to role play to that. So I think that's a, like a really good example. I am glad you brought that up because I wasn't even thinking of that. It's a really good example of showing like, yeah, you can have this secret backstory, but even if the other players know about it, it's not like new because it's their, it, then it can be helpful in that their characters can build towards that. Mm-hmm. So, so real quick, do you want to assign and then give our bugbear a name? Sure, uh, Abby, you're the monk expert here. <laughs> well, uh, the two fifteens I would definitely put into dexterity and wisdom. The thirteen yep. I would put in a constitution, yep. and then uh, the six, the ten, and the eleven could kind of go anywhere. Yeah, I would. I would wager um, lower charisma if they're able to be influenced by this order of assassins. Maybe. Also because they're a surly, edgy bugbear. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so yeah, maybe put that six into charisma. Um, maybe the 11 into strength and the 10 into intelligence. Yeah, why not? All um, right. And then for the name, I was thinking we stick with the flower theme. I was definitely thinking stick with the plant names. You know how much I love my plant <laughs> names. Uh, I'm a big fan of the uh, Sakura, the word for the cherry blossoms, uh-huh. if you want to go with that. really kind of is a nice dichotomy between the ninja and, like, their name. I like it with, it's, there's, like, this little opposite. It's, like, a bright, your name is a bright pink flower, but, like, <laughs> you're a ninja that hides in the shadows. I like that uh, as a feminine name, definitely. Um, what should we do for, like maybe like a, a more masculine name or kind of like a gender neutral name just to give some options. Oh man. I'm trying to think of like flowers, you know, like orchid, lotus. I'm like, these all sound, you know, I mean, maybe it doesn't have to be a flower. It could be like fern. Fern. And his full name could be uh Fernando. <laughs> Fernando, the bugbear ninja. Fernando, the bugbear. Uh, I'm trying to think of my, I'm like blanking on my plants right now. Hello. Ooh, aloe. That's a fun one. You're really soothing when I stab you. Oh, got him. <laughs> um, you see, and I think like having like that pretty flowery, cutesy name kind of plays into their, they're trying to shed that. Like maybe they take on yeah. another name, like my name's Shadow. Yeah, what if that's like just a big pain point for them? Like their their actual name, like they don't go by it anymore. Yeah, it could, especially. You know, if- it could be something, you know, silly and flowery like Daisy. Yeah, even if it is, like, a person, like, a, a, a male, like... Exactly. My dad named me Daisy, you know, like, <laughs> then when I joined the, the Dark Order, I named myself Shadow Dragon. I like Orchid. Orchid? Yeah. Orchid's a good one. Like, they're, they're, they're you know, their dad loves flowers, That's very into flowers, names their kid, like, Orchid. Yeah. The kid it. hates it. <laughs> I'm into it. I like it. And then takes on, uh, you know, a different name once joining this order of assassins and shadow monks. The name is Scar. Yeah, something. Something, like, ridiculous and just super edgy. Like, the edgier, the better here. Oh, yeah. Scourge. 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, disclosure, I had a character who was named Scourge and that was also his <laughs> fake name because he is, his true name was Lucian, if I remember. Nice. Because like he felt like he was turned on by the God of Light. He's like, I'm a shirk in this name. <laughs> so, anyway. yeah. So I think I would call Orchid the bugbear rolled. I would too. All right. And with that, I'm Abby. I'm Alex. And this has been Stats Will Roll. Fuck Cancer Roll Dice is a yearly streaming event dedicated to fundraising for the fight against cancer. This year's event will feature numerous tabletop games, from D&D to Call of Cthulhu and a wonderfully wide cast of hosts and players. Streams will run over the course of three days, from November 22nd to November 24th, and we would be delighted if you would join us at twitch.tv slash coach underscore Zach. That's twitch.tv slash coach underscore Z-A-C. All proceeds from the event will go directly to Fuck Cancer, an organization dedicated to uniting the community in an effort to prevent, detect, and defeat cancer. They work hard to build support networks for those who have been diagnosed and to assist in detecting cancer before it's too late. You can find more information about Fuck Cancer on their website at letsfcancer.com. All donations will be handled via Tiltify, so you can be certain where your money is going. So if you're a fan of tabletop games or even new to the community, we welcome you with open arms. Join us the weekend of November 22nd where we say, fuck cancer, roll dice.